Hello and welcome to the Sick Podcast, Giant Central, the sickest New York Giants podcast on the planet. Welcome to episode 34. Going to be doing a little bit of uh, the Giants coaching updates, some interviews going on, some updates on the Wink Martindale situation, and then because the season's over, a little bit of an award show just to you know commemorate some of the guys who really showed up this year for the team. Let's get into it. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, Giants Central. Incomplete, and the ball game's over, and the Giants have won Super Bowl 46. The sickest New York Giants podcast. It's gonna be sick. All right, y'all. DraftKings Sportsbook, if you don't know, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that's going to help make the playoffs more electrifying than it already is. Because new customers can bet just 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. So download the DraftKings fa- Sportsbook app now and use code 6sports as, again, new customers can bet just 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code 6sports. The crown is yours. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. Or if you're in New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. But with that out of the way, going to be getting into the, again, Giants coaching updates. The only hiring that they've made so far is that of Carmen Brasillo. Yeah, Carmen Brasillo, who spent two years, the last two years with the Raiders and then three years with the Patriots before then. He's a pretty, pretty solid hire. Uh, Definitely not. I wouldn't say my favorite only because my favorite is uh, I can't remember the guy, whoever the Eagles offensive line coach is, or uh, I think is a lot guys. Last name is Munchak. I think I can never remember his first name. Those two are the guys I've obviously wanted, but Carmen Brasillo is a great hire. Still, nonetheless has consistently coached up top 10 to 15 offensive line units, despite there not really being a whole lot of crazy talent on the Raiders offensive line. I know Colton Miller is a great tackle, but other than him, like nothing too crazy going on there has consistently, again, coached some of the best running offenses in the NFL as well. Uh, watching some of the film I've I've seen, they also know how to pick up stunts, which is something that Bobby Johnson somehow managed to not teach the team in two years. So that'll be something to keep an eye out. Um, a good hire. Like, I, I'm just, I, I hope it's not another Bobby Johnson because Bobby Johnson, the Bills did have good offensive lines with he, when he was there, but maybe they were just good players at didn't really need uh, too much coaching. So I know like Deion Dawkins is a great talent and they have a ton of veterans there. Um, apparently he's a pretty big fullback guy. And it's, it's, it's easy to see why when you have that good of a run offense, I like fullbacks. I, I think the last giants fullback was Elijah Penny, who I liked a ton. Great guy. I think he actually retired and is coaching high school. Now I know Brian Dable, Mike Kafka, they don't usually run fullbacks in their offense. So it's going to be interesting to see if they really, decide to change things up for Carmen Brasillo. I don't really think they will. But then again, we could see some sets like that where maybe there's Daniel Bellinger every now and then in the backfield throwing up blocks for Saquon. Who knows? Aside from that, not many updates. Uh, Wink Martindale, though, I know I'm a little late to this, obviously, but the Giants and him officially split. The Giants get to keep the money that he was left on his deal, I believe, is like $3 million, But Wink now gets to go wherever he wants, which whatever as long as he doesn't go to the eagles i don't really care that much but the big thing with wink that came out this week from a whole lot of people was basically how unprofessional 
he not only handled this situation, but really this season with the Giants as a whole, because from what I've heard, from a mix of just things I've heard from people and official reports, Wink has basically was trying to get himself fired since week eight, like getting into arguments, setting things up to fail, the whole Xavier McKinney situation. He apparently, like the Jay Glazer report that started the whole thing about him having beef with Brian Dable, apparently Wink Martindale leaked that to the media, which is like, you're just, I'm sorry, and I, I don't mean to say this in a disrespectful way, you're a fucking loser for doing that. Like, grow the fuck up. Like, I don't even mean to sound, like, angry, but, like, that shit is so childish. It's it's childish. You're a grown 60-, 70-year-old man coaching in the NFL, acting like a child to try and get yourself fired. And then you have the issue of the day uh, he allegedly resigned, the first day the report came out, and we all know it took a couple days after that. Uh, this all happened after Brian Dable had fired the Wilkins brothers. I don't remember their name. I don't care to know their name because they're not good at their jobs. Um, so Brian Dable fired them. And I guess Wink Martindale like stormed into his office, swore Brian Dable out, and then resigned. And I'm sorry. If, if you're a defensive coordinator and you see – I'm not really going to say much about the one Wilkins brother because I know he's like technically just Wink's assistant – but the one was, I, I should probably look up their names. I, I don't care. They're gone. Um, one of the Wilkins brothers was the Giants outside linebackers coach. And while Kayvon Thibodeau did have an improved season, he was still inconsistent. He still wasn't getting the numbers we would have liked to see, at least from like a tackle or pressure standpoint. The sacks numbers were there. 10, 11 sacks for a second year edge rusher is very impressive. But he wasn't doing much if he wasn't getting a sack. Uh, and then there's Aziz Ojolari, who didn't do anything. Jahad Ward, who didn't do anything. All these other edge rushers on the team who spent the season not doing anything because they weren't obviously being coached right. So how are you going to look at that? Look at the Giants' pass rush basically being in the bottom five in almost every stat while being a top blitzing team, by the way, and be okay with that and then get angry at, at Brian Dable because he fired him. That's not like people tried saying like, oh, it's to, it's to you know, to stir up that beef between him and Wink. Like, no, it's because these coaches aren't doing a good job. And when you have a fucking five or six win season and the team sucks, you can't keep those coaches around. Brian Dable doesn't care about personal relationships. He showed that when he fired Bobby Johnson the day after the final game of the season. Like, he doesn't care about this stuff. It's just watching the way, because I really did like Wink Barndale. I think he's a great defensive coordinator. I think in the right with the right personnel, he could lead a top defense in the NFL. He has in the past. But the problem is when you act like such a child and you're trying to get yourself fired, how do you think that's going to work out for you? Sure, he's, he's going to get hired because he's still a great coach, but like the players aren't going to like that. So he has, a, he has a meeting with Jacksonville, I think, next week. Imagine being a player and having a coach Having someone coach you who basically gave up on his prior team. Because in the back of my mind, having like played football and played for coaches that I'm not going to say like tried to get themselves fired, but like didn't give a shit. In the back of my mind, that's there that like, oh, this guy could just give up on this team at any moment and just try to get himself fired and leak shit to the media. Like, sure, it got him out of the Giants, but you just look like a fucking child. I actually like I can't believe how like how passionate I'm getting about this. Like I I never get this like my voice is high, but like I'm it's so annoying, it's so frustrating.
You're a grown man. Hire, handle this situation like a grown man. But it's whatever. Uh, back to the Giants. So they're set to interview both Denard Wilson and Shane Bowen. Wilson's a guy, if you read any of my stuff at GMNHQ, I mentioned that I kind of wanted the Giants to target if Wink were to leave last season because I believe he had a couple interviews and there were rumors of him wanting to leave, whatever. Uh, he's a guy I wanted the Giants to consider bringing in. He's consistently coached up some of the best defensive uh, secondaries in the in the NFL. He was with the Eagles the prior to last year. Prior to this year, this year he joined the Ravens, coached a top passing unit. Last two two or three years was with the Eagles, coached a top passing unit. He's a great coach. He knows how to get how to get the best out of his talent. James Bradbury, for example, with the Eagles before when he was with the Giants. Yes, I will say the system didn't really fit him well. He had a down season. He goes to the Eagles, has an all pro season. Darius Slay. I'm not going to say he was like wash because he certainly wasn't wash when he left Detroit, but he wasn't that top corner in the NFL when he left Detroit. He comes to the Eagles. Denard Wilson becomes a defensive back coach, goes back to being that top five corner. And then Denard Wilson leaves, and the Eagles' passing defense almost fucking falls apart. Denard Wilson's an incredible coach. I think he played in the NFL too. I think he was undrafted or a late round pick. Um, not that that means anything, obviously. So, and he has winning experiences with the Eagles when they made the Super Bowl last year. Like that is a guy that should be a defensive coordinator. I was honestly kind of surprised that he didn't get hired to be a defensive coordinator last year, that he just stuck with being a the, uh, defensive backs coach. But regardless, Giants are set to interview him. I really do hope that they bring him in. He He's a guy I like a ton. Uh, still not my favorite. That still goes to Antonio Pierce. But obviously, I think I definitely think Denard Wilson's a better coach. I just think that Antonio Pierce is a guy who can get the defense to follow. To, he can coach better. I think he's a better, like, getting the team to follow under one thing kind of coach. As to where Denard Wilson's just a better, like, coach. Like, he's better at teaching players what to do and all of that. Uh, Shane Bowen, on the other hand, I really don't know much about him. Uh, his first year as a defensive coordinator was in 2021. The Titans have always been like a a middle to above average defense, like not elite, but not bad, which for that personnel that they have, where like they don't really have many corners, both their safeties are gone. They have a good front five, but like the secondary is basically gone from what it used to be. For that to still be like a top you know, like 15 defense is pretty impressive. Definitely not my favorite. Uh, I put him in like the uh, Leslie Frazier type of area where like he has success, but I just, I don't know. Like that's not who I'd really want. His system is also very, very different from that of the Giants. Like not as blitz. I think I read something that said that the Titans blitzed half as much as the Giants. They had more success as a pass rushing unit. Don't get me wrong, but it's still a very different system. Uh, aside from that, not not too many different updates. Nothing really going on in Giants world. Uh, but with that out of the way, going to be going into a little bit of a Giants award show here. Uh, I usually do this in the form of an article, but I you know I have a show. I might as well do it. It's not going to be anything crazy, like no graphics or anything. But uh, the awards we're giving out are going to be MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year. And I know the NFL does comeback player of the year, but I think that award fucking sucks. And the and the NBA does it way better with most improved because it actually it, it, it makes sense. And who gets the award? It doesn't always like like John Moran. John Moran, I think I'm like 75% sure one most improved. I, I don't know why I'm blanking on that. Regardless, like it's not always good. It doesn't always go to the right player, but it's it's the right thing. Where like comeback player of the year for the NFL, like it's supposed to be, at least from what I understand, like for injuries. But, like, 
they're saying Joe Flacco might win it this year and Geno Smith won it last year, where like DeMar Hamlin fucking died, <laughs> came back to life and played NFL football, and he might not win the award because like I, I don't know why. Like it's comeback player of the year. You come back from injury and you play the game. It, I don't like comeback play of the year. That's why I'm doing most improved. And that's the award we're going to start on because it's the most boring one. Uh, and the Giants, this year's most improved, is going to go to Micah McFadden. Really the easiest choice for me, in all honesty, because in a year where the team regressed and basically everyone regressed other than a few players, Micah McFadden is a one guy that stood out in terms of improvements. End of the season, 96 tackles, 12 tackles for loss, two sacks, 14 pressures. He started the year off really hot, like was looking like a almost Pro Bowl level linebacker and then really cooled down, struggled a lot in the second half of the year. But, but compared to last season where I just, I hated Micah McFadden because he didn't even look like an NFL player. It's a big improvement, and he definitely solidified his spot as a starter for next year. For a fifth-round pick, that's very impressive. You know, like, round of applause for Micah McFadden from going from, not even, in my opinion, from watching film, an NFL-caliber linebacker to a starting level. That's impressive. That's very impressive for a fifth-round pick. He has his issues. He he still missed 20% of his tackles this year, which is bad, and allowed 34 receptions on 81% completion percentage. But those are two issues that he had last year and coming into the NFL, and they still improved. Like, watching him play, he improved in coverage. He's not good. <laughs> he's still not good in coverage, but he's better. When it comes to wrapping up on tackles, he's still not great but he's better. He's improving. He's the most improved. You, you, you get where I'm going here? Um, not really much else to say. Like I, I, I'd love to give up like other candidates, but like there's just no one really got better, unfortunately. Uh, rookie of the year is up next, and that's going to go to Deontay Banks. Uh, ended the season with 64 tackles, allowed 53 receptions on 92 targets. That's a 57% completion percentage for 644 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions, six pass breakups. Not bad for a rookie. Definitely had some rough moments, had like that four or five week stretch where he was really getting burnt. But that's to be expected for a rookie. A lot of other rookies, Emmanuel Forbes, struggled the entire season and really just weren't good players. Deontay Banks, for the most part this season, was a great player, was definitely the Giants' best corner of the season, which is insane to think about. But, I mean, Adore Jackson just stunk it up this year. Um, he held down some of the league's best receivers, especially earlier in the season, really, like, against, like, the commanders. He made Terry McLaurin not even exist, essentially. Like, he shut down top-tier receivers. Week one against the Cowboys, where they have Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, allowed, like, one reception wasn't even was barely even targeted because he was shutting them down the entire game. Like it, it, he's a great player. There, there's nothing else to say. I mean, other nominations for rookie of the year, are like John Michael Schmitz, who was pretty good this year for a second round pick center, uh, definitely struggled a bit towards the end, obviously had injuries he was dealing with. And then like Jalen Hyatt, who should have been better than he was this year, but I mean, no one was coming close to Deontay Banks with how he played this season. Like, for a rookie, allowing a 57% completion percentage, which is, like, really good to begin with, like, for any corner, but to do so while being targeted 92 times is just ridiculous. Like, that 
that's not like I'm not gonna say like that's elite because you don't want to be targeted that many times, regardless of how many uh receptions you're giving up. But still, he was targeted a lot, he was tested, and he showed up every time. But and then I this is like I talk about it a lot, and like I, I there are moments where I look at like PFF grades and I'm like, what are you guys watching? Like Deontay Banks has like a fucking 45 coverage grade. And it's again, like I'm watching him play and I just, I genuinely don't get where they're getting these numbers from. And it's just, I, I say it all the time. PFF is very biased. Like you can just tell um, with like what grades they give and what, what even like the stats they give like stops and shit. Like they, they, they're very biased with what they pick and choose. And I'm not going to get too deep into it. Cause I don't want to trash PFF because at the end of the day, PFF does do great work. They give out a lot of information that wouldn't be there if not for them. And I am grateful for that because it helps me out with my work a lot. However, <laughs> however, that does not mean that they are without faults. Um, uh, on the offensive player of the year, this is fucking terrible. I, I didn't even like know who to pick because no one, no one played good on offense this year, but looking at stats, I guess looking at impact, at least compared to other guys, Saquon Barkley is the offensive player of the year. Round of applause. Um, last year, I think when I did it for G man HQ, I gave it to, I think I gave it to no, 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 no. Yes. I think I did. No, no, no. Sorry. So, 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 sorry. I um it was a year before I gave it to Andrew Thomas. Last year was Saquon for offensive player of the year. So it's two times in a row for me now. Uh end of the year, 247 rushes, 962 yards, six touchdowns, 3.9 yards per carry. Like that, that's not those aren't great numbers, like at all for uh running back of Saquon's caliber. But there weren't many other choices other than like Darius Slayton, who I think had 50 catches for like 760 yards, six no, four touchdowns. Which like that's good, but Saquon obviously had more of uh, of everything in terms of yardage and touchdowns and all that. Um, had a noticeable down year this year, of course. Not all of it is his fault. Obviously, the Giants' offense sucked. Opposing defenses knew the Giants were going to run it all the time, so they were just stacking the boxes. And with how bad the Giants' offensive line already is, it became very difficult for Saquon Barkley to run the football. So I can't look at his numbers and be like, yeah, this is Saquon's fault but I'll get into it. That doesn't always mean that they should pay him, but um, it is whole contract situation. is going to be interesting to watch unfold uh, going into this off season and next year. I I've given my, my two piece on that. I'm not going to go into it. Um, defensive player of the year, second to last award before MVP, the obvious pick here, Dexter Lawrence. I mean, just an absurd season, especially when you considered he missed a game and was on basically a pitch count for the last four or five games of the year. Uh, end of the season with 49 tackles, seven tackles for loss, six sacks in 65 pressures, which for a nose tackle who got double teamed an absurd amount is so just ridiculous. Like you don't see this level of dominance from nose tackles in the modern NFL. I mean, defensive tackles, you see, I'm talking a pure nose tackle. You have your defensive tackles that are elite, like an Aaron Donald, like a, a Chris Jones. Those guys are 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 extremely dominant, just as dominant as Dexter Lawrence, but they're not nose tackles. They play it occasionally, but they're not pure nose tackles like Dexter Lawrence, especially Aaron Donald. Um, one of, he was one of if not the most dominant players in the NFL. It sucks that he again missed that game and was on a pitch count because the stats would have looked much better than they already do. The only Giant to make an All Pro or Pro Bowl. 
it's just it's pretty crazy because like for his first three years in the NFL Dexter Lawrence was like an okay defensive tackle like he was at above average he was a good defensive tackle but not a arguably the best player at his position good you know um and to see him kind of like revive I guess a really a dying breed in the NFL of like that sweaty fat fuck defensive tackle who's like just going to get up in everyone's face. And it's ridiculous. Like watching his film, his combination of athleticism and speed and, and size, it's unheard of. Like we've seen big boys like, like Vince Wilfork who just uses his 400 pound frame and probably gallons of sweat to slip off of defense, uh, offensive linemen. But Dexter Lawrence, man, he's a different breed. And that's why he's the clear cut choice for defensive player of the year. Like, I'm so excited to watch him play like every week. He, he's so much fun. And it's really something that I'm going to keep an eye on is to see how he plays with a new defensive coordinator. Cause it, it really took until Wink Martindale came in and kind of prioritized Dexter Lawrence for him to take that leap. And I'm not saying like he's magically going to go back to being that just above average defensive tackle, but it'll be interesting to see how he adjusts. Uh, best player in the Giants this year, in my opinion. Uh, the only other guy who would have been in contention was Andrew Thomas, but he wasn't healthy for the majority of the year, so whatever. And for the final award, the MVP of the Giants, most valuable player. And when I say this, I do not mean best player. Most valuable does not equal best. I, I always talk, go back to the NBA. Like last year, Joel Embiid won MVP. Was Joel Embiid the best player in the NBA? No. Back to 2011. When Derrick Rose won MVP, Derrick Rose was not even close to being the best player in the NBA. Um, most valuable. And for that, in my opinion, the most valuable player on the New York Giants this season was Bobby Okereke. And people might disagree with me on that. And I, I wouldn't blame them. Like if someone was to go, oh, no, you're wrong. It's Dexter Lawrence. Like, OK, I, I can agree with that. Dexter Lawrence was the runner up. I actually I think my initial choice was Dexter Lawrence. But then I looked into it more and the way I've talked about the Giants and the way I talked about the Giants defense and in terms of impact and consistent consistency and what they bring week in and week out. It's hard to find a player who has been more consistently great for the Giants than Bobby Okereke. Because even Dexter Lawrence, I will say this, if Dexter Lawrence wasn't on a pitch count for the last four games, didn't miss a game, he probably would have walked away with the award. But that level of consistency of playing every snap in the entire season, something only three players did the entire year, one of them being Xavier McKinney. So the Giants had two or three guys to do that, which is just impressive. Um Regardless, the end of the year, 143 combined tackles, 11 tackles for loss, 20 pressures, three sacks, four forced fumbles, two interceptions, and was the 11th best linebacker in coverage, according to PFF. It's just the spitting image of consistency in elite play. And I'm sorry, the fact that he didn't make uh, the Pro Bowl or all pro team is a fucking joke. I saw a tweet that really summed it up. It was like Bobby O'Carr or Bobby O'Carr, Bobby Wagner is getting more accolades since being washed than he was in his prime, which is true. Bobby Wagner is still a great linebacker. He's still a good linebacker, but I can't watch him play anymore and be like, yeah, that's an all pro linebacker or a pro bowl linebacker, especially like, I mean, the pro bowl is a fucking joke. I, I don't know why I keep giving it so much attention, but like 
Quincy Williams. Quincy Williams didn't make a Pro Bowl, made an All-Pro team. It's stuff like that I'll never understand. I think my dad said this to me, and I don't know if it's correct or not. I've done no other research other than what my father told me. But Amon Ross St. Brown apparently didn't make the Pro Bowl, but made All-Pro first team. Again, I could be wrong. Like Maybe my dad is wrong, but I don't think he is. Um, but still the pro bowl is a fucking joke. That's what I'm trying to get at the point. I'm trying to get across, uh, the defense in terms of like, obviously statistically they didn't improve, but watching them play the defense look way more fluid and way better with Bobby O'Karake on the field. Cause last year, basically the guy who was playing linebacker for the giants is fucking Julian love at safety because Jalen Smith and Tay Crowder are just two of the worst linebackers I've ever watched with my own two eyes for, for starters. Um, and it's just the difference really Bobby O'Karake made when watching the Giants defense is what got him this award. The defense finally had that true leader, that consistent linebacker who can do it all. And I'm just, I'm very grateful to the Giants. Like I've been watching the Giants my entire life, but for the last like 10 years, like 2013, basically, on they haven't had an even like almost nfl caliber linebacker even when they were good like in 2016 who was their linebackers devon Kennard was was john beeson still around nat burhey the legend who would go in on a punt return get a concussion and miss the next three weeks i i just oh nat burhey was such a funny player um it, you know and to finally have not one not just one good linebacker but two between him and micah mcfadden is is, is great and that's why he's the mvp uh, let me know if you disagree or agree with any of these guys in the comments below, because really like, I'm not like, I don't have many like super strong opinions when it comes to sports. Cause I watch this. I watch this shit to enjoy it. You know, I watch it to analyze and enjoy it. So if you disagree, let me know. Maybe we'll hash it out. Like if you think Dexter Lawrence is the MVP over Bobby O'Karake, go ahead. If you think fucking Tommy DeVito is go ahead. Like, uh, you know, um, but with that being said, I'm going to wrap things up here. Uh, thank you all so much for watching another great episode. I love doing this. Uh, Please remember to like, comment, subscribe, hit that notification bell so you're reminded of every time we drop a new episode. Thank you all again for watching, and I'll see you all in the next one. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast, Giant Central, on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.